Unfortunately, I don't know if anyone's heard the news yet, but as you can tell from the sound of my voice, Jim Sterling is not hosting Polquisition this week. Um, he's currently indisposed. Uh, he, at the time of talking, or at least when I last saw him, he was face down in a stream, and we poked him with a stick, and he didn't move. So we think he's he's probably happy where he is. So I'm Megatron, and <laughs> welcome to Podquisition. How are you, Laura? I'm 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 good. Uh, I I I am going to be honest. I didn't know in advance we were going to be podcasting with someone as esteemed as you. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't go so far as esteemed. I'm I'm known locally. I do my job very well, but. <laughs> I, I I would say it seemed I'm not. I mean, I was in the local newspaper once because because I found a dog and it was the mayor's dog, so it was kind of a big <gasps> deal. But that's that a big is deal. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. You know, lo- local have a go hero, but you know, I, I I try and keep it humble. I'm I'm only really known in in where I am at, at Greenbrook Village. It's a little village in the English countryside. Is it near a green brook? It is near a green brook. Uh, and they actually, they, they filmed the last five seasons of Midsummer Murders there. So it's another little touch of celebrity we get uh, we get down here in, in Greenbrook Village. Just when I thought that this podcast couldn't get any more celebrity filled than it already was. Well, you know. Um, <laughs> so how, how are you? How are you? I am pretty good this week. I'm 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 on an upswing. I'm feeling pretty good. Life's all right. Everything's pretty good. How are you doing? I'm 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 excellent. I'm excellent. You know. Um, yeah. I'm an essential worker, so I'm <laughs> I'm still operating down at the the cash and carry. Ah, of course. Yes. We 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 can't have people not being able to get their five kilo jugs of mayonnaise. I mean, it's mostly cleaning products. Um, there is a food area. There, there is um, a place for mayonnaise. <laughs> a place for the mayonnaise. <laughs> yes. I mean... Yes. Um. Um. There... <laughs> I'm talking about the restaurant across the street, a place for mayonnaise. It's called. It's uh, <laughs> it's an entirely an entirely aioli based menu. Yeah, yeah. It's. I'm told it's a pop up business. Don't know what that is. We don't. I, I mainly work cleaning products. Well, what 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 the pop up business means is that you turn a little handle and it plays a song, and eventually some mayonnaise just comes out the top of the uh, <laughs> oh, top God. of the box. And that's why we need the cleaning products is because of this all this pop up mayonnaise. So it's sort of hand cranking for mayonnaise. That's yes, what I'm exactly. hearing. I'm, I'm hearing yeah. talking about hand cranking for mayonnaise. Yeah, it's funny because I was also going to make a penis reference, but I was going <laughs> to incorporate the fact that it plays a little tune. <laughs> Conrad's here too. How are you? How are you, Conrad? Uh, it, it, you know, living, living with the nightmare, right? Yeah, get, getting, getting through the everything. Everything, you know. Uh, life comes at you pretty fast. I, I was told in a movie um, by a guy who makes movies with casual rape. Yeah. Uh, well, with all of the everything happening. I'm very glad for one thing this week. What's that? I'm very glad that we got to see some gameplay of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Gameplay reveal. Woo! I'm excited about that. Yeah, I didn't watch it. So, I mean, like, I know... <laughs> you, you missed literally nothing. You saw about as much gameplay as we did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's what I heard. Yeah. This this is, this is, this is, I think, the story of the week, as it were, the video gamey thing. So, uh, Jim, I, I'm assuming you watched, the, you, you saw this thing. 
this gameplay reveal live stream. I I don't know bits of it. I, I'm not that interested. Yeah. Um. It just didn't seem all that. It. I didn't miss anything. Basically, they didn't show anything off. No. the The short version is Microsoft spent like the better part of a week, um, bigging up the fact they're like, "Hey, we're gonna do a live stream, and we're gonna we're gonna show you the first gameplay of Xbox Series X games, the first look at next gen gaming. What's the gameplay like? Gameplay, gameplay, gameplay. Lots of the use of the word gameplay. Uh, Ubisoft didn't help because they particularly bigged up. Hey, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, we're going to show you gameplay. It's going to be a gameplay reveal. Come see the gameplay. Weirdly, when it came to showing off a next-gen title, Ubisoft was slightly dishonest, (gasps) which for them is completely out of the blue. Uh, I I was going down the Ubisoft showing bullshit, not gameplay stuff rabbit hole today. I forgot how... Bullshit the um the screenshots for the original Red Steel on the Wii were. Oh yeah. Ubisoft lies yeah. all the time about everything like a liar. There, there is a screenshot of Red Steel that like was the first screenshot they showed of like, yeah, this I is what it's gonna look like on the Wii. Mm-hmm. It looked like a like a high-end 360 game, and it did not look like that when it came out. <laughs> Red Steel was absolute shit, but Red Steel 2, surprisingly good. Yeah, Red Steel 2's great. The original Red Steel, subpar game that was sold with bullshit marketing images, but... <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely, because Ubisoft lies about everything, all of the time, like a liar. Yeah, so this... The, the Assassin's Creed gameplay reveal was like two minutes of cinematically shot... I don't doubt that it was probably in-engine cutscenes, oh, but yeah. like n- nothing that represents what your experience playing the game will look like. And I'm glad there was pushback on it, because, mm. you know, when Ubisoft uploads a video called Gameplay Trailer, yes. they are trying to do what this industry and other corporate-led industries have done in the past, which is to try and redefine words to suit their to suit them. Yes. I sarcastically said Ubisoft is redefining the gameplay trailer as a trailer without gameplay in it. <laughs> but joking aside, that is what they're doing. Oh, 100%. Um, and we see them try and rebrand things and change the meanings of words all the time. And mm. even though this doesn't seem like a big deal, when you're looking at Ubisoft, which has a history of lying, especially about things like this... Um, they shouldn't be allowed to change the meanings of things. And if people didn't give much of a shit, they'd keep doing it, and then the words would mean nothing. If you watch the whole 35 minutes or so of live stream before it just became developer interviews, yeah, yeah the, the general consensus seemed to be that they, the, whoever put this presentation together thought that the term gameplay was synonymous with in-engine. Yeah. That as long as something uses... The models that will be in the game or, like, is showing you something that you might see in the game, potentially, that we made using the assets of the game, then that's gameplay. Yeah, well, Ubisoft is is separate from that, though, because this is, ain't the first time they've even done it. Yeah. You go back on their channel, um, Kotaku had an article of this as well, where they... You go through on their channel and you see, like, Assassin's Creed Origins had one of these. This labelling it as gameplay on Ubisoft's YouTube channel... Gameplay means something very different, and it distinctly yeah. means not gameplay. Yes, and I, I I think that the reason why this incidence of it blew up is because, like, we've at this point we've not really seen anything of what next gen games are gonna look like, and those consoles allegedly come out this year, and I think there's a lot of demand right now for can you give me an impression of what if i pick up the box at the end of the year what will a game maybe look like well we don't know that but we do know that playstation studios copied marvel for its logo oh. stinger so we know that 
hey, where's the Parappa the Rapper in that whole Marvel comic book intro for PlayStation? I want some Parappa the Rapper in there. Yeah, where's Parappa the Rapper? <laughs> That's a real uh, trend that they have, isn't it? You know, because they did it with the Spider-Man font on the PlayStation 3 also. Yep, yeah. yep. They just love nicking from Marvel. <laughs> I mean, so long as they've got Spider-Man as a property for, for producing video games, yeah. they've at least got a vague claim to it. <laughs> <laughs> the vaguest. Plus Sony and Marvel sort of, you know, and Disney by extension sort of both love and despise each other. It's mm, true. I, I did someone I see someone pointing out a great point about that that uh, Sony Studios little game intro thing, and it's like it seems such a weird choice to have this like fifteen second uh, like intro to like we made this game when the big selling point of your next gen console is apparently no loading times, no waiting, just get the fuck into the <laughs> game. Yeah, there's no loading times, but we're gonna make you watch us wank for 15 seconds about how great we are. Hopefully, you can skip it. In some instances, that's not been possible. Like I replayed all those mm. kill zones, and you couldn't skip until you were told Sony produced it and <laughs> uh, the gorilla logo had, had left the screen. Um, I want to. I, I can't remember if Horizon did the same. But for some reason, specifically with them, that's been the case historically. And it's yeah. it takes ages to get them done. And it's so fucking annoying, especially on the PlayStation Now, where you can't keep it paused. Mm. Now, now, you see, that's the thing. This is actually a devious ploy at creating more long-term engagement. They figure if they make the process of actually starting the game onerous enough, you'll just never turn it off. Yeah. Well, that's actually, that that plays into what I just said about how annoying it is on PlayStation now because you can't just leave it on. Yeah. And it's really annoying and I wished I could leave it on. I, I hope that, like, we've, we've heard that the, the Xbox when it comes out this year, like, one of the things you can do is have, like, five different games just suspended and not fully closed and like hop back into them from where you were and like maybe that will mean that we won't have <laughs> if, if playstation does the same we might not have to see that logo wow. more than once uh, the idea the idea of suspending games multiple games on a console is a good enough idea that it's probably only going to be on fucking one console yes yeah and then next gen we'll see that next to next to gen <laughs> We'll see it adopted if it's and it should take off. It's 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 something that should have happened. It's a good simple idea that if you have the bandwidth to do it, do it. But... And that's the kind of thing <laughs> I'm fond of. It was like the share button yeah. for this generation. I don't care so much about graphics. We've got diminishing returns on those, especially mm. from the looks of things right now. Mm. I want to see like like some actual simple innovations that nonetheless um, yeah. change how you interact with the game because they've made it easier. I use the share button all the time. I think it's a brilliant idea. Oh, God, yeah, same. Yeah, I, I, I constantly use it to just capture, like, I did a cool thing in a game. I'm just going to throw it on Twitter and be like, here's how what I'm doing in, in yeah. games at the moment. I also constantly use the share button because I think it's select... <laughs> And it's going to bring up a map. Uh, and I just deleted like hundreds of megabytes of photos and videos I had inadvertently taken on my PS4 just the other day. Okay, that's, that, that is also accurate. Uh, I've never done yeah. that. No? 
I've never done that. Some of us, have, some of us think. Ugh. Oh, I, I've done it more than once. I, I've, I've, I've not done it hundreds of times, but I've done it a couple of dozen, probably. I mean, I probably, I probably did it initially, but the, but it, the thing is, it's been out for six years. Yeah. Well, it's constant. It doesn't help that I also use my um, DualShock Four as my primary controller on PC. Yes. And so, <laughs> games that would map Xbox controls, that's where it maps. Select yeah. well, to use a different um, controller, bootstraps, mate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the rest of that whole Xbox live stream was really no better. Uh, half of them were CG trailers that showed you nothing. Yeah. Um, some of them were just complete and utter bullshit that were like, "Oh no, that game's already out on PC. It doesn't look like this. This is this is invented nonsense." I've just got to say this. I think. It is about as nonsensical for them to commit to putting these consoles out this year as it was for WrestleMania to go ahead this year. Yeah. I think it's absurd that they're still trying to push them out. I really think that. Even if things clear up by the time they're ready, where will the games be? Everything else will be pushed back. Well, that's that's the thing. Like, if you keep looking at the fact that like Nintendo's having to push back Nintendo Direct and probably some game releases because they, you know working from home isn't really a thing in Japan, and looking at the number of people who have unstable income right now because they can't go to work, and it's like this seems like the worst year to try and launch an expensive box that you need lots of software for. I'm sure when I argue this on YouTube, it will not make me popular. But even if they come out. And there's no issue. How many people are going to have 500 bucks or whatever it is the PS5's rumored to be at? And and they are so driven by quarterly earnings that the hmm. launch window is incredibly significant for them. So if if we have if they have what would be seen by them as depressed sales based on a model that no longer applies, the impact hmm. on their console business it could be drastic long term it's incredibly dangerous decision mm-hmm. on their part and, yeah. and, unless they can secure the content being there and they are confident enough th- that they'll stick through it mm. you know i i honestly think a lot of what we're going to see at launch is Here's a here's 4K patches for existing games. Here is a bunch of indie games from indie developers who can afford to work on their 4K patches and have them ready. I I feel like third party new software at launch is going to be a. Mm, I don't see a lot of AAA third party stuff being ready. Well, that that's hard to say. And maybe maybe I'll be wrong, but like I or at the very least. I c- I'm concerned that the pipeline of production of those might be held back. Yeah, I think there's probably going to... Well, yes, there's going to be an yeah. impact there. But actually, I think in... Well, certainly in the case of Microsoft, first party uh, may be more able to handle this. Um, third parties, I think it's going to be really varied across the board. I think we'll see less yeah. Capcom, maybe. Uh, we might see, you know, some l- less Japanese developers. But a lot of Europe and and the United States is either finding ways to continue to work, even if in a diminished capacity, yeah. or continuing working. You know, and, and you look at how much uh, development, you know, in terms of support development gets outsourced now to uh, Eastern Europe. Yeah. Uh, frankly, 
it might work out pretty well for the third parties, but Sony, I'd, I'd be worried about. I, I think you're entirely right. Like, I, I think Sony's, um, like, their American-based uh, first-party studios will probably be fine. Microsoft, so much of their, their studios are, as you say, America and, and Europe will probably be fine. And, and to say fine, I still expect delays, right? Oh, yeah. But but not as impacted as, say, you know, again, Konami, Capcom, um, Platinum. Like, I imagine Bayonetta 3 will get pushed back. Um, I mean, they don't need a whole bunch of people physically putting things together. So right. yeah. there is a lot of remote working that you can theoretically do and it seems like a lot of them are doing it's just a question of whether your company or the country you are in has a culture of work from home as like a thing yeah but yeah that that being that being said while microsoft really didn't show much at all in that looks like ah this might be what a game might look like we did today get a thing that like i i expect is probably what people were expecting out of that whole um Microsoft gameplay reveal stream, which was an Unreal video that went up like an hour before we did this podcast, uh, showing off Unreal Engine 5 and some tech demo allegedly running in real time on a PS5. I remember when they showed Unreal Engine 4 in a video and it looked like the most amazing thing in the world. I never fucking played a game that fucking looked like that. Well, this this is what I was going to say is like a lot of people have looked at that and gone, Ah, there we go. This is a thing that looks like a game being played. This is what next gen will look like. It's like tech demos are never representative of actual products. And it'll be great if I get something that looks like that Unreal fucking four demo in the next generation. Yeah, it's it's really fun for me because I didn't tune in in time to see the the demo that they showed, but I did tune in in time to hear Jeff Keighley. <laughs> multiple times reiterate that this is not a game and probably something people will never play. <laughs> they've learned. We've learned about the hype cycle. But they've learned about the hype cycle. But they are still doing it. <laughs> They're just telling us it's bullshit up front. Here is some bullshit. Enjoy. They're showing you the bullshit and then going, hey, 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 don't call us on our bullshit. We admitted it. Therefore, you can't get mad that we, we bullshitted you. Yeah. Um, but, like, at the, at the very least, this was an attempt at, here is a thing that looks like someone walking through an environment and trying to show you what a thing could look like that could run on a machine. That's closer than Microsoft got, I guess. I'm looking at it now with the sound off. Two guys were just running their mouths, but now they're showing the... Yeah, they go on and on and on about uh, a bajillion T-triangles. Every pixel is a polygon. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit at the end where there is, like, impossibly good, like, low distances with no popping yeah. and no, like, lessening of detail in the distance and everything goes by really fast. It looks like and... a load of horse shit. <laughs> yeah. Basically, they were going, hey, you can do your infinitely high-resolution character models and yeah. don't pare them down at all. Just put them straight in and they'll work and it'll be great. I like that they've added UI elements for this thing that Jeff Keighley said doesn't exist. <laughs> i got to say, one thing I've noticed in this video and also the Assassin's Creed not gameplay trailer hmm. is character models are not impressing me. Real diminishing returns there. 
A lot of environmental details, however, are where yes. the visuals stand out better. I'm seeing that here. Like, the character model does yeah. not impress me that much. All of the little crags and, and crevices on the rock faces do. That's 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 the thing. You're not getting over the uncanny valley, even in this, like, pie-in-the-sky tech demo. What you are getting is, that's some real impressive fine lines on the rocks. Well, And what I, I found kind of interesting, too, is that they spent a fair bit of time in that discussion uh, at least maybe not talking about it but bringing it up that this engine could theoretically or is even being used in film applications yes right yeah they kept talking about the mandalorian and and it being used in some relationship for that the assets are, are functioning in yeah. an unreal five environment and i think that that's interesting that to the extent that they're acknowledging now that you know, some of this game stuff, not practical. The movie stuff, however, super practical. Mm, yeah. Well, what they're basically trying to say and alleging is, hey, you know the movie quality stuff that we use this for? The PS5, you can do that in real time. You can do the movie stuff in real time. Yeah. And who knows if that's real, yeah. but that's the that's the claim they were making is... Your totally lossless, full full resolution stuff that you make for films, just drop it into the game folder, it'll fucking <laughs> work. Which, it will not. Spoilers. This is the best theoretical space to be in, when it's just like, yeah. you know it's crap. <laughs> yeah, but like, we. here's the thing, I know it's crap, but I can still look at it and go, wouldn't it be lovely if games looked like this? Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if games looked like this? Wouldn't it be nice to see gameplay? <laughs> uh, the one thing for that Microsoft event that like looked better than that, that I actually believe might look like it looked in a trailer, and I prefer the look off to this was uh, what's it called? Scarlet Nexus, which is Bandai Namco's anime um character action game that's like cell shaded character models i was like that's a damn looking impressive cell shaded character model show me more cell shaded shit right? in, in next gen oh yeah that's what i want i want next generation cell shading like everybody's so high, high on hyper realism all the time and i understand and, and can appreciate yeah. that desire but it's never been something that particularly resonated with me yeah so i'm i am of course looking forward to the stylistic options that yeah. are going mm -hmm. to become available to people but i can't yeah. conceive of what they even are yeah yeah, I, I, I would say it's worth looking up the trailer for Scarlet Nexus just to look at the character models, because I was like, that's, that's a nice looking, like, that's how you can make a person look really cool by not trying to make them photorealistic. Mm -hmm. That's this, a good use of the deck. This also I shall have a look at. Yeah. Scarlet what? Uh, Scarlet Nexus, I think it's called. Scarlet Nexus um, on it. A, a lot of the environments are trying to look like, you know, realistic-y Earth stuff, but with, you know, here's a bunch of red triangles floating in the air because it's, it's sci-fi. Well, but the, char you know. the character models I was impressed by. I thought they looked, you know, that's a cool-looking human you made yeah. in a video game. Well, I think the environments are pretty cool, too. Yeah, I'm... they just, they, they weren't, like, the thing I remembered. No. The thing I remembered was cell shading looks cool. Yeah, no, those character models are cool. I mean, it always does, and it's... It ages. Oh, I remember seeing this. Yeah, with yeah. The, the the flower. Oh, yeah. yeah, real yeah. good visual design on those. Yeah, because like that's the thing. See, uh, cel shaded stuff always ages better. Yeah, it it 
The Wind Waker still looks great. Yeah. I could still play Killer7. Fucking yeah. yeah. It's generally the stuff from Generations that I remember, like, that that made good use of the tech. Tends to be the better looking games on the systems. Well, and, and longevity-wise, I mean, it goes even beyond that. Like, I look at a game like Dark Cloud 2, mm. which, you know, is a PS2 game, and it runs really well in the emulators and upscales beautifully. Yeah. And it, it looks gorgeous at 1080p. The, never built for it. Yeah, you, you get more... Um, presentation out of the 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 horsepower of the machine because mm-hmm. you're not trying to get every single like fold and crease of a face. Yeah, you can you can spend that energy elsewhere. Uh, but yeah, next gen is still coming. We've still not seen like a video game. Here is what this video game looks like on the console yeah. when you play it. Here's what it looks like. I feel like that has to be coming, but who the fuck knows when we're going to see that. I mean, you would hope that that we would have seen more by now if it's still supposed to come out this year. Yeah. Like, well, why don't well, they have gameplay? Uh, July is when Microsoft are apparently showing off gameplay of their first party stuff. I mean... So we're still like two months away from gameplay and these things are coming out in like probably October through December. It's strange. I'll say that. It's yeah. not... Normally, we've seen more by now. Yes. And and COVID can only account for so much of that because surely stuff is more ready by now if they're still aiming for holidays. I feel like part of it is normally we wouldn't think it weird that we hadn't seen stuff by now because we'd go, oh, E3's next month. We're going to see it yeah. all there. But right now it's like it could show up at any time from now till forever. And if you're going to start showing something now, why not show gameplay? <laughs> It feels a weird time to still be showing CGI bullshots. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm glad that not only was it called out, but Microsoft at least responded to it and were like, yeah, you know, apologetic in some way. Like, it's good they didn't get away with trying to basically pull a fast one. Ubisoft did as well. They were like, hey, we recognise that we set expectations totally in the wrong place and we're really sorry about that. Yeah, they'll do it again next year. Oh, they will, but, you know, I'm glad they apologised now regardless. They'll be very sorry then, too. Yeah. They will indeed. Uh, I wonder if Beyond Good and Evil 2 still exists. Yes. <laughs> nah, they threw, threw it all in the bin. <laughs> it still exists. Uh, we'll never play it. <laughs> yeah, we never, never. It's exactly like the Unreal 5 demo. <laughs> uh, right. Who's played things this week? Tell us about what you played. Never. Uh, fine, you don't have to tell us if you don't want to. Keep your secrets. Well, I I played um I played a game that I liked quite a bit actually called Tonight We Riot. Yeah. Yeah. I downloaded this today. I didn't get around to playing it before before we recorded, but it is. I'm playing it tonight. I played it a bit. It's not quite my thing, but I I I wish I liked it more. Yeah, it well, and it's yeah, it, it's a game that rewards very sort, very deliberate slow progress. Mm. Um, at any point, if you decide to run in, that's when you're fucked. Um, but it's a, it's also the most explicitly you know socialist game I've ever seen. Conrad, what are you saying? This is this is this is the most apolitical game I've ever played. There is not a single <laughs> politic to be seen. I watched you play this for an hour and I didn't see one politic. Not one politic. Um the premise is a near future cor- effectively corporate owned fascist state has oppressed people to the point that they are now performing an uprising. Um, and it is a lot of running through the streets, hitting cops, just 
straight up. No, not doesn't pull any punches there. But hey, the, comrade, not not all socialists, comrade. Of course not. Of course <laughs> not. Yet, not all yet. Give them time. Not all socialists run around punching cops. The game demonstrates they also throw bricks. Well, and that's actually my favorite part of the game, is that like there are there's a pretty good enemy variety in there, um, and they are affected differently by different things, but. The general message of the game seems to be, when in doubt, throw a brick. Yeah. yeah, yeah Which yeah. is a great philosophy, I think, yeah. <laughs> on the whole. If everything I saw of it seemed to be, um, violence is sometimes necessary to affect change, and you don't have to have a fancy weapon. Pick up what the hell you've got around. It'll do the job. <laughs> yeah. And so the way it's, it's structured is it's this, you know, 2D... Uh, with depth of view, sort of like a uh, River City Ransom or, you know, a brawler. And you have one character that you control independently. And then it's Pikmin-like, you know, or Overlord. Uh, it's a swarm mechanic. Swarm them up. That's what I like calling them. Yeah. And that represents the other members of your uh, revolt that's, you know, pushing through. The other resistance members that you have accumulated. And so... Actions that you perform if you're near them, things that, you know, throwing weapons, things like that, the swarm will also perform the actions. So having a large swarm increases your power with certain abilities, but you also have to protect them from enemy waves that come in, and there's a ton of different enemy types, and they all function in really interesting different ways. About halfway through, you get introduced uh, to a... um, or the, the second world, I guess, is a logging community. And it's it's interesting because, like, name-wise and some of the setting-wise, it's trying to evoke a Louisiana, but it also feels very similar to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, that they're trying. So I, I got... It's really... It feels right. Um, and you're going through these logging levels... And these enemies with chainsaws will come after you. And they work for the company. They don't like the company. Mm. And if you kill their boss that's walking around holding a a don't tread on me flag and firing a revolver on if you kill him before you kill them, they'll join you. Mm -hmm. And so it's little stuff like that. It's just really well thought out. It's not a long game. Finish it in between two to three hours. Um, if, if you want to get like full completion and unlock everything, uh, yeah, you're on the, definitely on the three hour end of that probably. And then after that, it unlocks an endless mode that, uh, isn't as endless as it implies. Actually, that's kind of a misnomer. Uh, there is a point at which it ends. Um, but it's absolutely worth it to do it because once you clear the first 25 waves, Hmm. it starts to become a sort of developer commentary mode oh oh i always dig those and one of my complaints about the game generally speaking is that the text moves too fast um mm. there are these cut seeds and there will be long sentences in them and i read very quickly but if i'm not clued in and paying attention to what i will miss it um it, it goes by faster than i could read it aloud at a pace that someone could hear it uh, so that's kind of a problem, and that kind of persists into the dev diary mode, but it eventually gives you just a bunch of things to deal with any waves that might come on until you get through the dev diary stuff. And it's really interesting 
in its own right. The game's very funny. It's, it, some of it is dated, and it acknowledges that. It very firmly sets itself in the time, too, that it's released. Um, it, you can tell that they were still working on it a couple of days before it released, based on some of the late-game content that's in there. But um, one, of the un- one of the other problems with the game, and I think that this is, to a certain extent, by design, is you wind up with a lot of equipment that you can switch between. And that gets onerous when you want to get from one item to another and you have to flip through five items to get to it and mm. it's easy to skip past it. I found it I found it a burden to do that when it was just a couple. And it eventually reaches a point where there are some items that are just fucking useless. Mm. One of them is a soda can that you have to go <laughs> out of your way to unlock. It is not an easy unlock. It's one of the harder stages to get completion on. Mm. And then you get it and you unlock it. And its entire purpose is for a, a, an achievement that you get when you then try to use it on a cop. <laughs> As a callback to that Kendall Jenner ad from a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, mm. you know, it's an old reference. And I love that they're like, you know what? Yeah, we, put th- we regret putting that in now. <laughs> I love them. I love these people. These developers deserve support. They are cooperative. Uh, So they have an agreement between them that everybody is going to receive equal share in Mm. in the games. And it's that's their model. I support that. I even if the game wasn't incredibly fun and basically made for me by being a combination of swarm mechanics, a a game that I'm pretty good at, and brawlers, which I'm not so good at, but if I have that swarm thing backing it up, boy, it, it comes to, it's, the art's fun, the animations are great, it's uh, 15 bucks well spent. Go please buy this. Indeed. I, I've picked it up, and honestly, the thing that got that got me most, like, I was having a great time watching you play it on stream, and the thing that sold me on I'm going to make time to play this is the fact you can sit down and play through it in a single sitting yeah. like it's it's a few hours to get through the story mode and to me that's a great selling point i might actually pick this up and i think it would overstay its welcome if it were yeah. any longer than that um it it's just enough content the variety is ever shifting there's some unexpected fun shit in it that i you know think would be cool uh, for people to check out also it's got a real heavy metal slug inspiration behind it um, mm. Which I was, I felt real validated when they brought that up in the in the commentary, um, that they had some other Metal Slug inspired element that they didn't get in, but you know, because um, it's mm. all over it, um, just super fun. So yeah, tonight we riot. Uh, Pixel Pushers Five Twelve, I think, is the name of the developer. Mm. Uh, also a great name for a a company. Um, so yeah. Check it out. It's on Steam, it's on Switch, and it's on GOG, I think. Nice. Uh, I've I've been playing sort of short little sitting games as well. Um, I played a pair of games because like there's, there's an indie game from about six years ago that I love, and I revisited it because it turns out it had a sequel I'd never gone, gotten around to playing. So the original game is called Dominique Pomplemousse in It's Over When the Fat Lady Sings, and it's a point-and-click adventure game that's maybe an hour and a half long on a first playthrough. Is it a musical? Yes, it's a musical. You, you're, it's a I sort of... covered that 
years ago. Yeah, Jesus. see, you remember this game. It was yeah. six years ago now. So Holy for anyone crap. who's for anyone who's never heard about this game, it is a sort of claymation and uh, cardboard papercraft environment point and click adventure where you play as a gender non-specific detective basically trying to sort of interweave their way through this mm, this mystery that is unfolding that's got a very soap opera feel but like slightly slightly abrasive on the edges soap opera um and they get more interwoven with the narrative as they get deeper into it it's a real it's a real interesting little game um i love the way it handles its musical elements um not the entire game is sung, but every major bit of exposition, plot-progressing dialogue is all sung. And the way they make that not feel forced in is every location in this point-and-click adventure game has its own unique backing track. And you might occasionally have a short pause before a bit of singing starts, because it's basically waiting for the looping backing track to hit the moment where it's like, and there we go, and we can kick in. So it never has to, like, start playing a piece of music so someone can sing. It just sort of happens. Um, every character has, like, a different style of singing they do. They they fit very well with what the personality of the character is like. Um, it's kind of a linear game. It's not a particularly challenging point-and-click adventure, but... The visual style, the writing of the characters, and the musical performances make it well worth checking out. It's like 79 pence on Steam right now. Um, yeah, and I just had really fond memories of this game. Um, I never knew it had a sequel um, until literally this week. It has a sequel called... Let me let me find the name of it. I want to get it right. Dominique Pomplemousse and Dominique Pomplemousse in Combinatorial Explosion. Brilliant. Yeah. So the original game was largely very linear, but it did have two different endings. And the sequel is a much... Mm, where the first one is very soap opera detective mystery, this one feels very much like a commentary on people's critiques of the original and the developer trying to work out how to make a sequel to something that they don't know how to feel about themselves. It's sort of in that same sense that, like, y you know how Twin Peaks starts very soap opera and then becomes David Lynch sort of making a thing about how he doesn't want to make more of the thing he's making? It's got that kind of feel. Um, it It's set with two of this detective from two different timelines based on the two endings of the first game, which was in no way supernatural, arguing over which of them is canon and going on a surrealist adventure through various different worlds trying to assess what it means to be the canon ending of a, of a narrative with multiple endings. I didn't know what to expect going into this sequel. It's very much not the same thing. It is um, It is much more an examination of the creative process of, if I've made a thing with multiple endings, how do I resolve with myself which ending I think is the, the real one? How do I keep making things in that world that suddenly people want more content in, even though I made it diverge and I can't do that without, you know, telling someone their ending's wrong. It gets very much into, like, critique of the creative process, and it's fascinating. 
it's still very much a interactive musical. Um, it, it still has the same sort of visual style to it, but it's a lot less here is a musical soap opera and a lot more this is a sequel to that game that addresses how people felt about that first game and the pressure to follow it up. And it's it's I think like uh, the the minimum donation on itch for the sequel uh, is is something like a pound or a dollar. It's it's it is like a essentially pay what you want above a dollar kind of uh, deal. And I played it for for about an hour and a half. I had a cry at the end. It 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 really went some places with its being a narrative about what it's like to be someone who makes things that I thought was really impressive. Um, and for a game I hadn't, you know, thought about in years beyond, like, its original being kind of an interesting musical point-and-click, the sequel kind of blew me away. I didn't expect it to make the effort it did to be something more. So yeah, I I really enjoyed the sequel, and I, I, I kind of feel bad that I didn't follow up on that game, because I, as as with you, Jim, I, I very, like, I remember that one from... God, years and years ago now. Yeah, black and white, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, black and white. Sort yeah, of yeah. Very, very low frame rate uh, claymation yeah. characters. Uh, they sort of yeah. waddle around like you're a like you're a kid sort of playing around with Play-Doh figures. They don't like fluidly move or anything. But yeah, for for the sake of maybe two quid, you could pay to get both the game and its sequel, and you could be done with both of them in about three hours. I can't highly enough recommend playing through the two of them. It's a really interesting pair of things. Very interesting. So yeah. That's what I've been playing this week. Very good. Yeah. Very good. What about, what about you, Jim? What have you been playing? I I don't know what Jim's been playing, but I, Megatron... Oh, sorry. sorry I, yes. Megatron, <laughs> day shift manager at the Cash and Carry, have been playing Fight and Rage, because I played a lot of Streets of Rage 4, and people said, well, Fight and mm. Rage is better than that. It's not. I like it a lot, though. It is... It's a, it's a beat-em-up. Very it's similar in terms of playing like it should have come out in 1994, but not in a bad way. Um, so it's a, it, it takes so many cues from Streets of Rage um, just in general, except you are fighting lots of uh, anthropomorphic animals, mutated animal people. So I think it's set in the same universe as the Spider-Man Unlimited cartoon. I think it's the same world, hmm. and it's got very big boobs. <laughs> okay. When, when when there are boobs, they are big and round and bounce, and more animation has gone into the boobs than anything else, I think. It's a very thirsty game. It's quite fun. You can play as a big cow. It's the only character you could you, you should play as. Like the, It's got one of those issues that some brawlers have where the character disparity is incredibly wide to the point where there's one character that just feels like so viable as to render the others obsolete but um it's got a lot of unlocks there's a lot of more unlocks than streets of rage 4 had not all of them are useful i watched the trailer for it and it looked it looks like a solid solid beat em up i mean I, oh it's very good i played i played it till my thumb hurt like streets of rage 4 so it was doing something right yeah but you know it's but i just played streets of rage 4 and i had enough I think yeah. for right now of that kind of gameplay. That's fair enough. And maybe Streets of Rage even, which I did not like it as much as you did. I don't think. I, I it's very good. It's very good. 
you know, we were talking last time about how, you know, I heard that music track and it brought to mind the other one and I realized, oh, this is a remixed soundtrack. And I kind of wished that they'd done original music throughout. And th I feel that way a little bit about the gameplay too, to a certain extent. Like, I, there are, I, I don't, I don't have as much familiarity with Street, Streets of Rage 3 as I do the first two games. I'm the same way, actually. Didn't play as much. And so there may be, you know, enemies that uh, didn't appear till Streets of Rage 3 that I don't know about that are now making reappearances in Streets of Rage 4. Um, that could be. But it's also, you know, there's there are, I'm sure there are some new enemies in there, right? And that's cool. Uh, and I think it's fine that a lot of the, you know, enemies are enemies existed before and behaved the same way because that makes complete sense uh, for this game series. The Mr. Y boss fight was where I kind of drew the line because that is the Mr. X boss fight from Streets of Rage 2. It's literally it. And I was just like, you had an opportunity to do something different. And instead you did the same boss fight I've already done and intimately know. And I found that to be kind of a disappointment. I really wish the game felt like it had more originality to it and was drawing less from Streets of Rage past, even though I do think all the mechanical innovations and the gameplay is really, really good. So anyway, that's, it's still a great game. It's still worth playing. It, that just sort of mm, bummed me out a little bit. Also, it doesn't get as ridiculous, I think, in some ways as Streets of Rage 2 does, which I really loved. Like, there's an elevator in the game, and that's great. I'm glad. Well, there's two elevators in the game. And I like that there's the down going down an elevator stage. But the baseball field, I mean, that's, that's so ridiculous, and I love it. There's nothing on the scale of the alien arcade or the uh, baseball field elevator that just sort of makes it just that little skew of weirdness. Uh, I kind of missed that, too. Anyway, I'm done yeah. complaining. It's a good game. <laughs> So in Fight and Rage, you fight a fly with a boxing gloves. Fuck, I bought the wrong game. <laughs> honestly, I think you'd... I honestly think you'd prefer Fight and Rage more to yeah. Streets Rage 4. I honestly do. I like that in, in Fight and Rage, they have a real nice flow to the combat. So as you're hitting them with combos, if you press up on the stick, you will transition from the end of your combo into throwing the enemy forward. Oh, that's cool. And if you press down on the stick, you will transition into throwing them backwards. So oh. there's this real nice flow of getting into combos and throwing enemies in the right direction before the other ones can gang up on you. And maintaining the chain. And yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. That sounds really nice. Because I like the combo scoring in Streets of Rage 4, actually. Really, really dug that. And it drove me to try and get scores in, yeah. in mm. stages. There are combos. There's a, there's a similar system. It's, it's not as unforgiving in that if you get hit you lose all progress actually is that the no, no i think it, it it banks them the same way a normal combo system would it's got a harsh time limit like mm. to chain attacks um but it's there it's got multiple it's got a, a it's got a fucking grid of endings and multiple paths um that you can take by doing certain things like if you've if you've brought a knife with you to like the end of the first stage you can throw that at this enemy that's holding a, a girl hostage. Because if you come near her without one, he'll kill her. But if you throw the knife, he drops her, and then she can take you on an alternate route um, 
with new levels. Oh, that's cool. So there's a lot of like stuff in it. Um, it's got some. There are bits in the in the combat that annoy me more in Streets of Rage Four. Some of the the some of the shots feel cheap. Not all the time. It's very challenging. Um, but sometimes it's just a little "Are you fucking kidding me?" challenge. Well, and I've never really. And this is a, a me thing, but I've not gotten the hang of the defensive moves in Streets of Rage Four. I'm just I'm terrible at it, at deploying them. Fighting Rage is similar because it's got that thing of of being old school. Actually, it's it's very similar in that the the special attacks and throwing are generally your best defensive moves. Mm-hmm. Well, and the throwing thing that's more appealing to me the way that that it seems designed to be chaining throws and and combat yes it's it's a lot more intuitive yeah to defend yourself with throws in in fight and rage that's definitely true it's like i said i don't i i prefer streets of rage 4 but fight and rage is especially considering the 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 budget and the level that it's at Mm -hmm. uh, its status as an indie game it's an impressive fully fledged very um, content-rich product. You can also unlock every enemy in the game as a playable character, but only in a one-on-one battle mode, which I feel is such a waste. Mm. Like, even if it's unbalanced, because most of them don't have special attacks or anything, like they've only got one or two attacks. Like, they're gimmicky, but, you know, let's have more use for them than a battle mode that no one's going to play. Well, and that could be, yeah, I mean, think of the streaming possibilities. Think of the speedrun possibilities as people try to beat the game using... It's got an in-game speedrun timer as well. Hmm, Yeah, that seems like a real missed opportunity. Yeah, I'd love it. There's lots of costumes and different modes that you can unlock things like an AI-controlled second player um for example uh you can unlock different modes so there's just tons of shit to to go through um so that's a good game and just uh quickly in a similar vein because apparently i'm playing games that belong in 1994 all week that's just <laughs> me so i'm playing hunt down which is on the switch and i think i think it's on all the systems and pc it's on epic it's not on steam oh okay epic there you go uh boo <laughs> ah! That was me being Uncle Scott. I've been looking forward to that, actually, this whole show, waiting to be able to tell you it was an epic exclusive on PC. Oh, there you go. I've said many times I don't begrudge any indie taking that deal. Nope, it's It's a good deal. It's a good fucking deal. Um, So anyway, Hunttown. If you've played, like, Alien 3 on the Genesis, it's Mm -hmm. that kind of shooter. Like, it's not Contra. Mm. It's that proper side-scrolling shooter where you don't aim up or down. Like, you are shooting forward rolling thunder is Mm. the game that it feels most derived from for me yeah so there's there is a dodge mechanic which i i don't use enough there's a simple cover system you know there's some like cover set into walls so you press up and the character will you know press against it and if you hit the shoot button they'll pop out and there's like other you know crates and things to hide behind so there's this cute little cover system um it's very fun it's got a real nice style to it that sort of heavy sort of 80s gang lots of colorful mohawks and things and you go through a collection of stages fighting themed gangs which i i i'm a i love the warriors so i'm 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 very fond of themed gangs and things um so that's well i like the warriors and also the other classic uh double dragon the movie <laughs> uh, which also <laughs> has such wonderful things such as evil postman um but you know in in hunt down for example there's uh the misconduct 
which are a, a hockey themed gang. They will wear the masks and attack you with hockey sticks. Um, every level is really short um in a good way it's like you can easily like pop in for one or two levels and each one ends in a boss um and they're all really inventive little boss fights um when i first played it i was like okay i liked games like this back in the day but i don't know how they're going to keep something this rudimentary interesting but they do a real good job there are lots of sub weapons that you can you're encouraged to just grab whatever sub weapons around um and use it till the ammo's spent and then grab another. And there are hidden areas where you can get better stuff, like a, you know, chain gun or something, um, which you wouldn't ordinarily find. And there's some replay in the, there are objectives in each level, like do it in a certain amount of lives, collect the three hidden supply cases, kill yeah. a certain amount. So lots of little things like that. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I love it. It's, I, it's good. It's re- I'm having fun with it. I haven't progressed past the first stage yet. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so when I found out what, you know, when I saw the list of games that you said you'd played this week, I went and checked them out. And at first I saw Fight and Rage and I said, mm, I don't know if I'm in for that right now. And then I went and saw Hunt Down. And I said, I'm fucking definitely in for that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I grabbed it and I haven't gotten past the first. I haven't played the second stage yet. Because I can't figure out how to get the fucking second stash. And I see it. And I can't figure out how I'm supposed to get to it. I've played it. uh, But it's really, it definitely feels of a time. um, Mm -hmm. But mechanically present also. You wouldn't have, you know, this sort of dash roll and dive thing that you have in this in some of those older games. So it still feels mechanically uh, current. Yeah, like it's it's very set in its time, but they've added just a few modern conveniences to keep it feeling in line with the modern game experience. Yep. Yeah, and and the objectives, the secondary objectives, the the sheer quantity of content that seems to be in here also, because as you say, the levels are short, but it's uh, just from looking at the map, it's broken up into effectively worlds or neighborhoods with multiple stage targets in them. It seems like mm-hmm. there's probably like 20, 25 levels in this, um, and they're short, but it's still, that's not too shabby for what this game is no for what it is absolutely um i really i really appreciate it like i i like all the contras and that kind of stuff but i i've got a real fondness for the these sort of just shoot forward mm-hmm. like i don't know how to describe it uh, just the, well, the very limited aiming they're i don't want to say uh casual paced shooters right but they're not running guns Mm. They're they're games where you you have to apply a little bit of strategic thinking. It's not reflex based entirely. Yeah, yeah. Which is for me the kind of of game in that that genre that works better for me because I don't have the twitch responsiveness needed for you know some of those games. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's something that's not quite a Mega Man because that's a lot of pattern recognition as well, mm-hmm. um, but not quite a Contra. It's sort of that thing in the middle, uh, a mantra. Yeah, man, Meg. I, I'm not going to come up with that before next week. So, yeah, it's real good though. Um, those were the main two. Also, I finished Deadly Premonition, which mm, disappointed with Origins, the the Switch version. Really? It crashed a lot. Oh, that's unfortunate. They fixed the sound issues which it had at launch, but it 
it crashed a lot, which is real difficult because I was yeah. I was actually looking at a guide this time to do some of these really obscure fucking side missions mm. that you'd never find without one. Yeah. Uh, so I could see some things that I'd, I'd missed before because I never played it looking at the guide. But the problem is, is if you go and replay a chapter to engage with some of these side quests, you can't save until the chapter's done. Mm. The ones you have to replay are real short, but I have lost progress as a result of this because of the fucking crashing. So then every time I replayed a chapter, I was on the edge of my fucking seat. Hats off to the game. They've made this game <laughs> the scariest it's ever been. Real, real up to the horror on this one, uh, but Jesus. I I didn't have any problems with it crashing on Switch. I'm sorry to hear you've had you've had a bad time with it. Oh, what's you saying? I'm a liar. No, yeah, I'm saying you're a liar, Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> you're deceiving us with your Decepticon tricks. That's not what I do. That's Starscream. That's the fucking Night Shift manager. Do not trust him. He has cigarettes out by the back, by the bins. Oh. He, he denies it. I've seen him. I've seen him come back through the through the safety doors, and I've seen smoke come like out there. So that uh. oh, what a dick. He he stole a lemon. Stole a lemon. That last shipment of a thousand lemons had nine hundred and ninety nine lemons in it, and I know it was him. <laughs> uh... I did play one other thing this week, uh, sort of a continuation of, of something I played last week. Um, I played some more of Starcrossed, which was that uh, sort of Pong-esque uh, bullet hell shooter. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely easier playing it in co-op. Um, I had wondered, would having to keep track of what someone else was doing be more difficult in any way, or trying to coordinate with another player? But... Because you can sort of track where the the star is, it, what direction it's leaving you from, you can sort of from that intuit where the other player is without having to look, which does make it easy enough to sort of feel out where you're supposed to be. As a result, I have got much deeper into that game. I got quite close to the end of a, of a playthrough. What I will say about it, I still think the core gameplay mechanic is a really cool idea. Um, the boss encounters that you, that all the boss fights are really fun. They all have unique patterns to go through. They all feel just the right level of difficult. Um, there's really good, very fast uh, reloading that usually throws you very little backwards from where you were, so you can just get back to the thing you were stuck at. Um, which which did keep me sort of retrying longer than I otherwise would have done. Probably the issue with it is as you get deeper into the game, it becomes clear that the developers only had a certain number of enemy designs and a certain number of uh, patterns of how to arrange enemies. And at a certain point they ran out and just kept reusing them over and over Blah. and stopped introducing anything new and that's a real shame. It, it, there's one like that's very, very obvious, which is they have these enemies that you have to hit them from behind. Uh, you, you can't hit them from the front. And they would put two rows of those back to back and that was really interesting the first time because you had to work out how to how to attack them when you couldn't get them, you know, they, they're protecting their weak points. Once you've seen that every two minutes for about an hour, it's a lot less impressive. Um, and, and that's the biggest problem it has, is it has, like, probably... A, it has a good few hours of, like, here are new enemies and here's new ways to swap them around and the bosses are consistently enjoyable, but 
it starts to be like, here's that thing you've seen before, but we painted it red and it has more health now. Keep going. Yeah. I feel like the game would have benefited from cutting down some of the repetition and maybe making it like quicker to get to each boss so it felt more like a boss rush kind of game. Shorter game, I probably would have enjoyed it more because it would have yeah. been less repeating. But like, it's 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 not particularly expensive and I think it's like, there is definitely some fun to be found in picking it up and playing around with what is undeniably a a a interesting unique control system just be aware it will start to get repetitive and you know y- you might not finish it but there is some fun to be found all right yeah i played more starcraft probably not going to go back to it but i i enjoyed what i played because of fairer than that uh, I think that's everything we got that's on our topic it. list for this week. That's about it. That is about that's it. That's about it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't know how people don't care about this as much as I do. Yeah. What is the Cullings business model about? Oh, God. We don't have that. to dwell on this. We mm. can wrap up, but I, I, I no, could no, no. Go- not no, bring you, it up. You have to, no, I'm glad you brought it up. I should have put it on the topic list. Oh. They're out of their fucking minds. They don't have a player base, and their answer to that is to exclude new players. Yeah. Pay five ninety nine, and you get one free match a day, and you've got to pay for more unless you win. And if you pay for one, you could just get shot in a minute. They ain't coming back after that, you fucking clowns. That is wild. Yeah, that is not how you get your game to grow. You either charge for your game or you make it free so lots of people start it and you find another way to monetize it. Don't pay people, get people to pay to have limited access to try it out. How are the developers of The Culling 2 the only fuckers to have forgotten The Culling 2? Because the only reason you give this business model to The Culling is if you don't know The Culling 2 happened. (laughs) Hell, Epic wouldn't do this knowing Fortnite happened. It's such a... What? Why? (sighs) They're out of their minds. They they are. I can't imagine this working. I can't imagine... I hope it doesn't, not because I want to see them fail, but I want that business model to never happen again. And it will. I mean, it's basically an evolution of fucking mobile games. They do plenty of ways to impede gameplay unless you pay. Most of those are free, though. Most of those aren't free if you've already bought the game once. And then everyone else has to pay six quid so that they can pay another six quid to play for 30 days. Who's going to... Right? It's amazing the world was convinced to pay for MMOs. How are you going to convince them to pay for this? It doesn't make any sense that they would make them pay... pay, Include a free month. If you're going to do this, if this oh, is going to no. be your approach, just give a Hang free on. month with the $5.99 purchase. You don't give them enough credit. There is a free trial. Well, yes, a, it's one game a, a day. A one day free trial. <laughs> they, I, <laughs> they, there's a press release. Evolve PR sent it. A real <laughs> PR firm looked at this. And I feel so bad for them because, you know, I've dealt with Evolve here and there over the years. Yeah. Um, they handle some review codes for some some decent, like, mid-tier games and stuff. And I know people there are professional. And they had to they had to publish this press release. And a few of them, I'm sure it must have physically hurt them to hit send. <laughs> this is this is um this is amazing. 
I, I'm so torn though because I want to cover this. I want to talk about the culling every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, that's the difference between you and the culling. You will <laughs> do a free video every day. Every yeah. day. Because <laughs> it's, it's just so great. Well, you know, I'm, I'm torn because the only time I bought the culling was the culling too. And I got my refund along with everyone else who did. But you bought the culling, so you're in. They said that if you've ever bought the culling, you, you've got The culling. It. The culling, not the culling too. Because this new culling is basically the old original culling again. Culling too, I got my refund along with every other fucker that bought it. <laughs> so I'm not eligible. So I want to cover this and do a Jim Impressions. But that would require giving them $5.99 to access it. And that makes me feel genuinely <laughs> ill so i've got a quantry i'm gonna see if i can maybe evolve's got some codes maybe they can maybe they'd give me one after i've publicly trashed the game maybe, may, well maybe someone sympathetic to that having to have sent out that press release if someone at Evolve wants to become a rogue operative and get revenge on whoever <laughs> made them hit send, just give me a code. Give me a couple. <laughs> just give everyone who wants to play it a code. Just anyone who emails. Just can I get? Can I play the culling here? Please, please play the culling. Someone has to. What content must be in it? Because if they've not got anything they can monetize in terms of cosmetics or, or something to put in a battle pass, yeah. I've got to wonder if there's going to be content or if you're expected to subscribe for six bucks a month to one subpar these days, Battle Royale, when there's Fortnite and PUBG knocking oh. about for free along with another fucking dozen. Yeah, this is how we'll take a slice out of Fortnite's pie. By charging you money to play once a day. They think that just because they were the first that they're entitled to money and loyalty. Mm. But so somewhere there was the first human being and they can't work a fucking iPad. So raise your game. I mean, have you given the first human being an iPad to see if they could work it? You have it. You have punctured my theory. <laughs> it is possible that the first human is knocking about somewhere and really rocking an iPad. Actually, if he's the first human, he's still he's still on a BlackBerry, but as a choice to make a point. He tried an iPad. And he was just like, "No, I don't like how it organizes my content." He's a smug fucker. He's a smug fucker. He sits back. I use a, I, I use a, I use a BlackBerry because I do business on it. Yeah. I, I, I get lots of interviews because I am the first human. Everyone wants to, you know, chat about that. The first human runs NBC. <laughs> it's very important. He's got very important business BlackBerry. And he has business meetings with the Piltdown man who has Fox. Uh... <sighs> okay, that's that out of my system. Um... We should wrap up. Probably. Yeah, Laura, would you like to tell people things? Me, Laura K. Buzz, old places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, laurakbuzz.com. That's where I post all of the things, be it written articles, freelance features, videos, podcasts, all that sort of stuff. I've got some books. There's Uncomfortable Labels. It's it's in a place where you can get books. You can go there, get that book. Or it's an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. I've also got things I learned from Mario's butt, which was supposed to be coming out this year, but because of something invisible floating around in the sky, it's coming out on February 4th, 2021 now. 
Uh, that is a book about video game character butts, and it has a bunch of people Hang who've on. done words for it. Hang on, it it's took got a bunch me of pictures a, in it. It took me a moment to interject. I mean, it's it's too far now, but. <laughs> Wonder Woman's jet stopped you releasing a book. Carry on, Laura. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, very funny joke that you got in there just in the nick of yep. time, Jim. Don't worry um, about it. I got you back. Yep. There's also uh, podcasts. I do those. There is Pixel Squirt, where I talk about video game character pornography with Mari and Stacey from Geek Remix. There is Queer and Pleasant Strangers, where I talk about things that aren't exclusively video games. Uh, there is Dice Funk as well. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and soon season seven. Currently, we're doing a little mini series. It's basically Phoenix Wright, but in D and D, we're trying to trying to solve all sorts of crimes and all sorts of Phoenix Wright esque bullshit is happening. You know, like oh, all that that person's under zone of truth, but they seem to be telling fibs out. What's going on there? Uh, so you can listen to that, and then season seven starts in probably a couple of weeks. You know who else is on Dice Funk? Conrad! Oh, that's true! I am! Um, you can uh, find me on Twitter, at uh, Conrad Zimmerman. You can uh, buy buttons from me, uh, anti-capitalist propaganda, as I like to call it, uh, at pinfultruth.com. And thank you, I've gotten a lot of orders lately, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, to because it's really... The business is actually doing a lot better under these circumstances than I might have thought. So thank you for that. Uh, you can also buy audiobooks from me at conradreads.com. Those aren't doing so well. So, hey, come on. You know, like, let's see what I'm saying here. Uh, you can also hear me on some podcasts. Um, you can hear me on Dice Funk, as Laura mentioned. I'm on Seasons 5, 6, the forthcoming Season 7, and the current mini-series Guns, Puns, and Justice, mm-hmm. which is fun. That one's f- it's fun. That it's it's fun that we're doing a little campaign that only has like four or five episodes because it's meant that we can just get real silly and not think about the consequences and it's great. Yeah, it's been downright stupid and I love it. Um, you can also hear me talking about BoJack Horseman on Of Horse. You can catch me on other things to do with Jim, like the spinoff Doctors, where we talk about movies, or Boston's Favorite Son, where we make Jonathan famous. and uh, Trying Jim- to get him down for another one this week. That'd be great. And uh, and Jim has a Patreon, I hear. Uh, Jim does. He, he he told me to mention that while, while he's hanging out yeah. down by the stream. Um, speaking personally as Megatron, very much like Laura, my, my business is impacted by the invisible enemy. Or as I like to call him, Mirage, the Autobot <laughs> health and safety inspector who uses his trademark invisibility to make sure that I'm not touching the sausages without gloves on. But Jim does have a Patreon, and it is patreon.com slash jimquisition. Thank you, as always, so much for your support, especially right now when things are absolutely terrifying and also taxes. But, you know, it's it's y'all have, have kept business going really, really well, and I couldn't appreciate it more jesus fucking christ um other than that i mean that's about it at the moment like we're still trying to get things set up here so i can do streaming um because you know we got it set up at the old place but then we moved again um and it really is just videos on on youtube at the moment trying to come up with some new projects we might have a, a commentocracy coming in the near future because i found a comment that was absolutely mind-blowing so I, I, I would love to read it out. But other than that, you know, we'll be here next week and, and there'll be more videos and stuff you can watch on the internet if you want. Not necessarily from me, but we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.